Hi, everyone, and welcome to the State of State Schools podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, Christian author, former homeschooler, and former public school teacher. Once a week, I'll give a quick recap of the most important headlines in education and pull back the curtain on what's really happening in our kids' schools. If you're a teacher, parent, or homeschool family, this podcast is for you. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 51. Everything in this episode comes from the week of December 11th, 2023. Uh, Before I get into this week's stories, I just want to warn everybody that with Christmas coming up and my wife and I expecting our first child in February, um, I may miss some episodes uh, in the upcoming weeks, so bear with me. I only say that really because Uh, The number of people who are listening each week uh, has been growing throughout the year, so I I really appreciate that. That's very cool. And for anyone who's a new listener, I just want to quickly, you know, let you know who I am and what this podcast is all about. My name is John Stamper. I'm a former public school teacher. I also taught in private schools for a couple of years, a former homeschooler myself and a new author. Um, The point of this podcast is to just provide information to parents, teachers, administrators, anyone out there who cares about education, just to provide information on what's going on uh, in schools around the country so that you as a parent or teacher, et cetera, can know what's coming or what's possibly coming down the pipeline, what could possibly be springing up in your area, in your town. Uh, so it's just providing information so you can you know, make decisions about educating your children, or if you're a teacher, you can make decisions about your job. So that's basically what we, what I do on this uh, podcast, and I'm a Christian, so I kind of look at things, or I try to look at things from a Christian perspective. All right, let's talk about this episode. Here are the headlines. Mandatory teacher trainings are still pushing woke ideology, LGBTQ activism in education, and some schools are sending students to LGBTQ plus chat rooms to chat with adults. Story number one. Mandatory teacher trainings are still being used to bring radical ideologies into public school classrooms. Three years ago, I experienced this for myself while teaching with Chicago Public Schools. I filed a complaint with the Chicago Public School Board citing the destructiveness of critical race theory and gender ideology that were being pushed in their teacher trainings. Then I wrote my book, Conflicted, Pulling Back the Curtain on Public Education, to warn teachers and to warn parents about all this stuff, kind of like what I just talked about. And three years later, here we are. The situation has gotten totally worse. So this story is just an example of how embedded gender ideology is in America's public school system. And the emphasis is on the system, not the individual teachers or administrators, because I know there are a ton of good moral people in education, but the system is corrupt and they're working in that system. So the public school district in St. Mary's, Ohio, requires all of its newly hired teachers to complete a teacher training. This is common stuff. So earlier this year, during one of these training sessions, new teachers were trained to memorize the definitions of gender terms like pansexual, questioning, queer, non-binary, pangender, cisgender, and bigender. Teachers were also instructed to always use preferred pronouns with students and to keep a student's gender identity or sexual orientation a secret from their parents. Now, this stuff is par for the course nowadays, right? This is standard woke teacher training materials. And this is exactly what I was trained to do three years ago. So just to reiterate, the problem is 
with gender ideology and critical race theory, right? They're evil, plain and simple. They directly refute the truth of God's word. And they shake their fist in pride in God's face, you know, saying, I know better than you. But God created mankind as male and female. There wasn't a third gender, let alone an infinite number of genders. So not only is gender ideology untrue, but it's not biological. It's confusing. And it always leads to the sexualization of children. Critical race theory is racist by definition, and it makes sweeping allegations and characterizations about someone's moral character based simply on their skin color. Now, the Bible says that God looks on the heart and that in Christ, we're united as members of God's family. But the training in this story that I'm talking about, it didn't get into critical race theory, but generally speaking, critical race theory and gender ideology are almost always side by side in these trainings. So where does this stuff come from? Well, whenever schools provide these trainings or any business really, they get the materials from training providers. And two such groups, for example, are Safe Schools and Public School Works. Now, these two groups facilitate state-mandated health and safety training. So public schools are required by the state to administer these trainings. Schools have no choice. So the school district in this story, St. Mary's School in Ohio, recently switched their training providers and the LGBTQ plus training module, that's the subject of this story, apparently made it into the training accidentally. And when these issues were brought to the attention of school administration, the superintendent said that he was unaware of the materials and that it wouldn't happen again. So when a superintendent doesn't know what's in the training materials, that's a problem. That's the person who's most responsible for this material, in my opinion. The superintendent said, quote, I see what the training says, and that's not our philosophy, and we don't agree with that, end quote. Okay, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They messed up. They let the woke training material sneak in, but they're going to fix it. Okay. But how are they going to fix it if it's state-mandated? I'm curious. This area of Ohio is known to be a very conservative area, voting overwhelmingly for Trump, represented by Jim Jordan. They voted to keep males out of female sports, they even allow teachers to carry firearms in school, so very conservative. But my point is, these radical ideologies still made their way into even this school. The problem, again, is the system as a whole. I know there are many good, honest, moral, hardworking people in education. I know a bunch of them, friends and family. But they're working in Babylon, and they have to take their marching orders from Nebuchadnezzar, if you know the story of the three Hebrew children. They have to take their marching orders from Nebuchadnezzar or face the fiery furnace. It's a very difficult situation to be in, and my heart goes out to them. But if you're a believer and you're in education, and that's where God has placed you, then I just want to encourage you to stand strong, trust God, be obedient, because he's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. But if God has not placed you in the public school system, it's time to seriously reconsider your options because it's only a matter of time until you face your spiritual conflict. Story number two, this story is also about school leadership, the people who are making decisions that impact you and your kids, the people with total control over your kids eight hours a day, 180 days a year. That's if you're in the public school system. 
So last week, a new president was sworn into office for the Central Bucks School District in Pennsylvania. I guess that's what they call their superintendent or head of the district, the president. Anyway, this woman's name is Karen Smith. So the custom in America is when you're sworn into office, you place your left hand on the Bible and you raise your right hand, right? But this woman didn't place her hand on the Bible. Instead, she placed her hand on a stack of pornographic, sexually perverted children's books. But why would she do that? This is the one person who oversees the education of every little kid in the district. And her allegiance is to pornography and sex among school-aged children? Hello? Like, what's going on here? Well, she did this apparently because these books are being criticized and sometimes banned because of their explicit material. Some of the titles of these books were Flamer and Not All Boys Are Blue. Both books feature graphic depictions of homosexuality, nudity, and homosexual acts among teens. And this is what the head of the school district places above God's word by placing her hand on those books instead of the Bible. So just stop and think of that. Think of this woman's decision-making process and the values that she'll be implementing in this school system. She said it herself, quote, I'm not particularly religious. The Bible doesn't hold significant meaning for me. And given everything that's occurred in the last couple years, the banned books, they do mean something to me at this point, end quote. So along with this woman getting voted in, the school board undid a few other policies. Now, under the new policies, for example, boys are recognized as girls and teachers are free to hang their pride flags in the classroom. So let me ask about pride flags. Why is it acceptable in public schools for adults, teachers, to hang pride flags? Making the statement that who they have sex with is the most important thing about them. And this somehow is vital to the learning process? Do little kids really need to know their teacher's perverted sexual habits? Now, why is that okay in front of kids? And it's not just okay, but it's celebrated. Again, this is not meant to be a blanket statement on all schools or all teachers or all administrators, but this is more common than we think. Years ago, people all around the country were saying, you know, this would never happen in my school, never in my town. And I know this firsthand because I spent two years warning people of, you know, what was taken over public schools. And that was the number one thing I heard. You know, that only happens in big cities. My school would never do that. Yeah, but your school has to do what the state tells them. And the state has to do what the federal government tells them if they want to keep getting that tax money. So it's a system problem. I know there are good people in education, but they're in a corrupt system. They're in Babylon. Story number three, this is something for parents, teachers, administrators to watch out for. Have you ever heard of Q chat or Trevor space? Well, these are LGBTQ specific chat rooms that a bunch of schools across the country from Massachusetts to California are sending their students to, to these LGBTQ chat rooms so that they can chat with other random adults about things like chess binders, packers, tarot card readings, things called queer youth activism for youth of color, and even explicit discussions on sexual habits. Again, 
These are school-sponsored conversations between children as young as 13 and adults as old as 24. So this is one of those stories that people hear and they just dismiss it because it sounds so ridiculous. Like, oh, the teachers I know would never tell their students to do that. Yeah, and that's probably true, but it's not up to the teachers. This Q chat and the Trevor Space chat rooms usually fall under the umbrella of you know, anti-bullying or anti-discrimination or mental health policies. So teachers don't have a say in the matter. Schools promote chat rooms like this in a number of ways, emails, links, texts, social media, you name it. But guess which organization promotes this stuff under the guise of health? Well, that would be the CDC, of course. The CDC promotes this. They're also telling 13-year-old kids to discuss their masturbation habits with 24-year-old adults. And parents, they don't need to be involved. And that's a factual statement I just made. One student was using one of these chat rooms and having a discussion on personal sexual habits, and their mom walked in and saw it. And in addition, these chat rooms are known to be places where adults tell children how to secretly obtain things like chest binders and hide the purchases so their parents don't find out. So if you know even a little bit about these gender clubs or gender activist groups, you can imagine the kind of sexually inappropriate conversations that they'd be having with kids. And this stuff most definitely is coming from third-party sources like you know the Trevor Project or the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. And it's protected under most states' you know, anti-discrimination or healthcare laws. So public schools have no option but to implement them into their classrooms and feed them directly to your children. Parents, you don't factor in. In fact, you're the last people to hear about it if you hear about it at all. So how can you know if this is in your school? Well, start with the basics. Ask your kids, ask their teachers, ask the principal. However, if the school has transgender policies, then all the staff members are probably instructed to lie to you, so that probably won't work. You know, one of the best things you can do is submit a public records request. Submit a public records request under the Freedom of Information Act. That's what a group called Parents Defending Education does, and they uncover all kinds of stuff going on in public schools that parents don't know about. All right, that's all I have for you. That's the state of state schools. Take care, everybody.